0: Welcome back to Your Brain on Positive. All the love and support you need is residing inside of you. And we're going to make it easier to turn it on. I am so excited that you're here. I think you are going to be very excited as well as I get into a conversation with a conversation master we are going to deep dive into the power of conversation to build connection and community, the power of communication. So with me is an expert in this. Brenda Jacobson is the founder of a company that trains emotional intelligence and communication skills. The company is UEQ. And while the power of everything that they do is sometimes lost in a noisy marketplace. You might find them training in a boardroom. You might find her speaking on a summit or you may pick up one of her books. The reality is by the end of this conversation, you will have more than you bargained for and your conversations, connections and community are all gonna get stronger. Help me welcome into the studio, the Zoom room, Brenda.
1: Unmute and join me. It's a great great pleasure to be here with you, Jackie. Always love our conversations. And we do have some good ones.
0: We have some good ones. So I'm going to ask you to take a step back in time and talk about how you got interested in this conversation piece, in this particular aspect of communication.
1: I... It's always been critical to me. Like I spent 20 some years as a corporate executive and no corporation, no, no species on earth can survive without communication of some sort. When I was a corporate executive, the communication was so dysfunctional that it didn't surprise me that many companies were going out of business and teams were breaking down. The um, it really hit home after I had an accident, uh, I fell 3000 feet down a mountain and I, it, it took me five years to recover, five years that I basically withdrew from society. And then I had to come back and start b- rebuilding connections, rebuilding my community, because it's really lonely when you're isolated, when you're you know, out of a tribe and on your own. Historically, our, our ancestors didn't survive if they were kicked out of a tribe, they it was a death sentence. And we have kind of gotten away from that now, especially the last three years with the isolation and the, you know, you can't meet with your family and events are canceled. That has really starved people that are used to having community around them that are used Mm -hmm. to thriving through conversations and connections. And so that's, you know, I've, I've had the interest all along, but it's really taken on a new life form for me after, after this post-pandemic phase where people are looking at, uh, you know, how do I bring health back into my life? Mental health stats, as you know, have just skyrocketed because people have been isolated and alone and without community. So how do we start rebuilding that in a way that people feel safe, that, um, You know, they're building bonds with their conversations instead of breaking them. Uh, All of these are skills. You know, the thing that really strikes me, um, it, it disappoints me with our society and our education system is nobody has ever really offered this to people unless they went looking for it. There's people that train this stuff if people go looking for it, but never have they trained communication skills or conversation skills, relationship skills in any standard school. You know, the funny,
0: because I was going to say, well, wait a minute, I got it in high school, but it wasn't through the school system. It yeah. was through one of my groups. I was, I was a member of a group called Junior Achievement. It's sort of like yeah. the, the 4-8, 4-F, 4-H, for yeah. the city kids, for businesses. Right. And there, Dale Carnegie came in and did a training, you know, which was the first yeah. real um, application of communication other than writing research papers, which is yes. a style of communication, but it does not build connection. No,
1: <laughs> absolutely. And, and that was a specialized group. It wasn't offered in public education. Right. It was something that you had to go and seek out or your parents sought out or something. But these are such, these are survival skills now. Like these aren't just life skills, they're survival skills. And nobody is teaching our kids that. I had a conversation with my grandson who's 14 and he's disgusted with the education system, as probably all kids that age are. And I said, So what would you do different? Like what would you teach? If you could start a school from the ground floor up, what would you teach? And he goes, I don't know. I, don't know. I said, You know what I teach? I would teach people, how to talk to other people and how to build relationships. And he goes, oh, that's this comes naturally to people. Like, you don't have to teach that stuff. And I'm going, have you looked at social media lately? Like, people do not know how to build connections and community through conversation. The skills just aren't there anymore. So let's take them
0: down that rabbit hole. What's one skill that's missing?
1: The skill that's missing is... In there's a number of them, but I would say that the one that really jumps to mind for me first is because it's so prevalent right now, is people approach other people largely through judgment, largely through their left brain that is the right, wrong, good, bad part of our brain. And that's how they enter into conversations is with this need to prove that they're right and the other person's wrong or causing creating conflict rather than connection. And it comes from approaching any conversation through judgment rather than through curiosity.
0: Got it. So it's interesting, because the power of people to judge, I mean, we are judgment making machines. We absolutely are. You know, and and we had to be, I mean, this is the natural negative bias of the brain that allowed for our common ancestor, the caveman, to survive. Survive, absolutely. And curiosity was not a survival skill. As a matter of fact, you got too curious about what was making that bush shake, you became lunch. Curiosity killed the cat. Yeah, well, in this case, (laughs) uh, there was no satisfaction bringing them back. Yeah. So curiosity was kind of bred out, of our gene pool at a very early time. And then it has started coming back in as our brains have
1: gotten more developed. But the default is not curiosity. The default- not is curiosity different. now. And, and I even, you know, training this stuff, working with it for 20 plus years, I still catch myself, especially if I'm tired or I'm hangry, hmm. I, you know, the, the, I will go into that default mode where i come from well you're an idiot like how can you even think that way you know that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard
0: and we say this
1: to ourselves i mean mean, we are the worst offenders with ourselves and this is what i teach when i when i work with people around building relationship is the very first and most critical relationship that you can build is the one with yourself absolutely because we yeah you know that we will be so much more critical in our self-talk than we ever are with people outside of ourselves,
0: and given how critical I can be of people outside of myself, I yeah yeah <laughs> that's there, saying a lot yeah the the biggest challenge is that our self talk is often mostly unconscious
1: so it's unconscious getting, and it's very negative
0: maybe a good place for our listeners to start would be to get curious
1: about what their self talk is talking yeah about. yeah. And when you're curious, what happens is you become aware it mm-hmm. builds your it opens up your awareness. so if you're curious about your self-talk and you set that as an intention, you're gonna start becoming really aware of what you're what you're saying silently like internally to yourself and how critical you are of the way you look, the way you act, the way you know how. How you presented, how you spoke at an th- event, or how you spoke in front of an audience, you know, whatever you did, whatever you do, you know, you run, you run with a group and you're going to be more critical of yourself than anybody else. So how
0: do you shift from critical to curious? What are some things that people can actually do that will shift their brain to curiosity?
1: You know, one of the, one of the best strategies is open questions. Making okay. sure that your questions that you ask are not yes no answers, uh-huh. are not one word answers. Um, so you know something like, you know, did you have a good day today? You're going to get a yes no answer if Especially you said. if you talk to a teenager. Yeah, you're going <laughs> to get a grunt regardless of how well positioned your open question is. That's just a given. <laughs> um, my, my son's in his 30s. He still can grunt an answer out, and I'm not quite sure what it is. Um, but yeah, if you said, instead, if you said, you know, hey, Jackie, what was the best part of your day today? Now you're going to have to have a conversation. You're going to have to, you know, it might be a short answer, but they're going to have to be more than one word. But I'm going to learn a lot more about you About the things that make a good day for you, the things that bring you joy, the things that really make you feel successful. I'm going to get that out of a well-positioned question like that instead of just, Jackie, did you have a good day today?
0: So let's give them that well-positioned question again.
1: the one that I just said?
0: Yeah, which... I know okay. trick question. Yeah, you know, it's like, what did I say? What did I say? What did I say?
1: Yeah, exactly. Now I have to remember. Um, yeah. it, it Jackie, was, what, it what was, was the best, best part day. of your day? Yeah. Yeah. Jackie, what was the best part of your day today?
0: So what was the best part of your day today? I love that question for two reasons. One because you're right, you can't answer it in two or three sentences, yeah. two or three words. The other is because it presupposes a positive answer. Yeah. It presupposes Absolutely. that there was something in their day that was better than other things. You know, yeah. Without making it where it's the best thing, it's just what was better than everything else. I mean, you yeah. know, it doesn't have to be the best moment of their life, just the best moment of the day.
1: Yeah, and it, and it makes people look at their day through a positive lens. Like, oh, I got to answer this. What am I going to say? What was a good part of my day? Oh, I'm going to focus yeah. on this. And it does bring that to front of mind and um, and it, it ent- you enter into a conversation.
0: All right. So curiosity creates conversations and conversations based on curiosity rather than judgment build connections. Yeah. All right. So now that we are bringing people along onto how to shift the conversation into a more positive mode. Putting a positive spin on it from the get go and bringing a conversation, not just a transaction grunt, yes, no. Yeah. (laughs) um, How does it, how do we take it one step further? How do we actually start building community?
1: You know, community is just a collection of people who are connected. Okay. Yeah. Like that's what builds community. I build a connection with you through my conversations that I have with you. I build a connection with Katie through my conversations that I have with her. I build a connection through, you know, with Allie Nicole that through conversation, all of a sudden, Allie Nicole and you connect because you're part of my group and you guys bring your connect, you know, it just grows. You tell two friends and they tell two friends and they tell two friends and people end up coming together on that mutual with that mutual interest of building community, of connecting with people in a very positive, friendly, uplifting way.
0: You know, it's absolutely interesting. I am thinking back to what you said about, and you tell two friends and she'll tell two friends and they tell two friends. And for, for people who are not of a certain age, you might not get the reference. There was a shampoo commercial, if I remember correctly. And they just started populating the screen, and she told two friends, and you'll tell two friends, and yeah. Yeah. And what they demonstrated was the power that turned into one of the most successful marketing campaigns of our age. And I'm not sure most people realize that the connection between the two. Yeah. But Clubhouse was built on this premise. You yeah. have. Two invitations, go invite two people, and then they're going to get two invitations, and they can go and invite two people, and then they're going to get. Yeah. And it was done on this absolute limiter right. that was based on that. I'm pretty sure based on that old commercial. It certainly sounded yeah. a lot like it.
1: <laughs> it sounded a lot and like it.
0: Whoever it is, I mean, this was brilliant. And I think that that's really possibly one of the problems that I'm seeing with, quote, communities being formed on social media is that there's not this limiter. It's relatively an indiscriminate invitation a lot of the time. So it's not personal referrals anymore. It's a mass market approach to building a community and it's missing something for me. And I didn't know what it
1: was until we started this conversation. We started talking because when you go tell two friends about something you have entered into a conversation with them. And it's going to be an uplifting conversation. And it's not going to be a conversation that comes from judgment. It'll be a conversation of shared inspiration or, you know, there's a lot of other conversation skills, but that's a conversation. And that's why you will engage personally with that person and bring them in. You don't get that on social media. People do this blitz to, you know, 5,000 of their closest friends, they'll send the same message out to, but there's no personal interaction with that.
0: It's interesting. There's a lot of um, possibilities for building community and building connection. And I don't know what, um, where the parameters are, what's going to make for a strong, healthy, vibrant connection with someone. I mean, it used to be that we became best friends because we spent massive amounts of time with each other. Yeah. We don't spend
1: massive amounts of time even with ourselves anymore. No, no. Yeah. The, world, the world's moving too fast for that. And so it has to become like everything else. Everything else has to evolve into this new way of doing business, of, of doing life, not just business. But we see and, you know, a lot of corporations are struggling with this right now because they have this workforce that when they sent people home, uh, you know, for to isolate for the pandemic, people started seeing life very differently and then they didn't want to come back. And so now we've got businesses that are trying to build community within their, their corporations, they build that culture because they have seen the monetary results of having a very strong, positive culture. They, they, the skull, you can't argue the kind of results that come from having a very close-knit community. So but how do you they, do that when some people are at home, some people are in the office, some people are back and forth? It's a very different world for building that kind of corporate culture community inside and outside the organizations.
0: Okay, so you said there's a, there's a strong correlation between a community sense within a company and their profitability. Absolutely. What's a good example of that so we can get a great illustration of what we're talking about for people?
1: I, I don't have, um, well, I can, I can cite some of that, I don't know personally, but I've mm-hmm. read yeah. case studies on. Zappos is, is probably one of the best stories. Starbucks is a really positive culture Within there, and they see, like Zappos came from from almost being, you know, insignificant, like nobody knew who they were to, you know, top of the realm. But a lot of it was just how they developed their corporate culture. Okay, because you know, you was you were talking, i going. Oh, wait a minute!
0: I know a good example of that. It's my favorite airline. It's Southwest Airlines. Absolutely, employee yeah. owned. Yeah. And so there was a lot of ownership, and I think that there's a component of that that when people within a group share ownership of the community, by definition, the community gets stronger.
1: Absolutely, okay. Absolutely, so as the- long as that community has parameters. You know, for example, um, no, no trash talking. No, I read a book back in. It was written in the '80s called "The No Assholes Rule." <laughs> I love Have the you title. That? No, I've never read that. <laughs> oh, the No Assholes of, Rule. The No Assholes Rule. And it was, and it was, I believe it was a group of professors from Stanford University that put this study out that um and they floated this around. And what the premise was was: I don't care how big a cash cow anybody is in your organization. If they're an asshole, they're out. And if they and and by asshole, I mean they mistreated people. Mm-hmm. They were criti- critical of everybody. They were superior to everybody. They bashed the receptionist or the, you know, that type of thing. And, and there was like a big law firm, I believe down in Texas, that actually fired the, one of their highest earning partners under the premise of this rule. Wow. And what they really? found was yeah. that their company, got stronger. They lost their biggest breadwinner, but the company flourished because of the impact that he was having on the rest of the community. And with him gone, the community wove together and produced exponentially greater results.
0: That's an amazing, an amazing story. And I love the connection between what can happen when there's ownership of the culture, when there's ownership of the community. Absolutely. As we move forward in our world, the people who are so hungry for connection now are actively seeking communities, and yet we don't know how to talk about our community. We don't know how to communicate. I mean, granted, Zappos, Google comes yeah. to mind, Southwest, yeah. they have been able to clearly articulate their culture, yes. what it is about, why it exists. Now, you said something earlier about one of the skills. The first one we talked about was curiosity. You also said something about shared inspiration. And I'm going. Yeah. can you say a little more about what that would actually look like in a conversation or, you know, between two people?
1: You know, I think that again, it comes from that open dialogue, mm-hmm. and um, when so, I'm I'm a, my own example is I stepped in as the CEO of what was an integrative medicine institute, and I became their marketing team because that nobody else could do it, and there was nobody else on staff, and I was arguing with. The, the board that brought me on, I said, I am not a salesperson. Like I, I'm not, don't put me out there as your salesperson. I am not a salesperson. These were people who had brought me in because they'd worked with me for quite a long time. And they said, you know, Brenda, you are the best salesperson that I've ever come across because you don't sell anything. You just, you know, you tell your story, you inspire people, You you they get all ramped up. And they just want to be a part of that energy. And that, that was kind of interesting for me. Because when I do go out in, into groups, I just talk freely. I talk about my experience. I talk about what excites me. And that positivity is contagious. And so then you're going to find that other people just want to be a part of whatever it is that you're doing that's making you feel like that. I want to be part of that. So that's what I mean about shared inspiration is you can inspire people to be their very best self just through the way that you hold conversations with them.
0: Cool. That is so, so cool. By the way, we hold conversations with them by being willing to share our story and what we're excited about.
1: Yeah. And to be vulnerable, to be authentic. Uh-huh. Those are critical components to it. If they think that you're being artificial, the reason that they thought I was the best salesperson, which I still disagree with, but the reason that it was is because, and they say, you never sell anything. I don't, I, I just authentically share what excites me about this or what excites me about that, not intending for them to adopt my philosophies, but for them to, to just share in in my joy with me. Uh-huh but they want to be a part of that. It's, that's why I say it's contagious. They're going like, you know, I want to, I, how do I get to be a part of this? What do I need to do? Because it comes from that place of, of authenticity, of being vulnerable, of sharing my story authentically. And um, the conversation just takes place with that. They will open up what happens when you are authentic you give other people to show up authentically, which our society generally doesn't do that. Like, there's so many, you know, shoulds and shouldn'ts. Like, you shouldn't act like this. You shouldn't say this. You should do this. You should do that. People can't hold all of that in their brain. If they can just be themselves, if every person on the planet is so powerful within themselves if they could just engage their absolute inner core. And if they have feel that freedom to show up authentically and be real. In any conversation, it that you just can't argue the results of that.
0: Well, you know, you said a powerful word in there. You said you can't argue, and I've been known to argue anything. So waving <laughs> that red flag in front of my face could you? Know, um, there you go. But I understand what you what happens is when what you're describing is the fact that when you show up as authentic. When you show up as vulnerable, when you simply share what inspires you, it gives other people permission to be themselves as well. Whether or not they're inspired by the same thing, it's just, I think it is probably a super positive addiction. To yeah. being able to feel comfortable in my own skin, to be comfortable being me around you is the greatest gift that one human being can give another.
1: Absolutely. And it, it, let me just be clear. It doesn't mean that you're going to agree with everything that inspires me. <laughs> it doesn't mean that you're not going to argue with me. But it's done in such a way that, that we enjoy the experience of our differences, We enjoy it like I every time we have a conversation where I say black and you say white (laughs) and we talk about that because it's never done in judgment. Again, it's done in. Oh, so why? What? what, You know what? I don't want to use the word why, because that's one of our things. It's kind of a default. But what what makes you feel that way or what what gave you that experience of this or where are you coming from? How does that resonate with you? Any of those open questions and then you share it just brought it's just. Expands my world. You know, I see a totally different perspective on it.
0: There's a point that is really, really clear here. When you talked about no assholes,
1: yeah,
0: someone who is attached to being right will struggle with being curious about other people, they will struggle with being curious about what could be a mind-expanding conversation. A different perspective, right? Yeah, a different perspective. So there's a tacit understanding that if you have someone in your world who is very attached to being right, you may have to do a little more work to... Um, bring about a change in your communication and connection and, and actually build community with them. And what I'm remembering is that the power of someone feeling heard. Yeah. So if there's someone in your world, that's incredibly attached to being right. My suggestion is let them hear themselves Let them talk more. Give them the experience of hearing, of being heard. And I know you've got some great skills around that. What is the secret sauce to helping someone feel heard?
1: We we teach a number of skills. Part of it is curiosity, is the open questions. Just ask them those. The other, to really make somebody feel heard is when you can can respond to them in a way that, that echoes what they've said in, in your own words, not, you know, some of them would say, you would say, blah, blah, blah. And I say, Oh, Jackie, what I hear you saying is blah, blah, blah. Well, of course you heard the words, but when you can take the meaning of what they said to you and really absorb it into your being, let them know that you, that you see them, that you hear them, that you understand where they're coming from and that you really care about what their position is. Even if it's different from yours, you can really understand that. Those are the building blocks of empathy. And when you can base a relationship on empathy, it's a powerful foundation for it.
0: You know, um, my gut is like, bing, bing, this backfired on me, this backfired on me. And I'm going, all right, Jackie, <laughs> own up to this. What backfired on me was my assumption that I was right about what I had heard. And so when I shared it back with them, I didn't validate it. I didn't I didn't ask them to validate it. I didn't say, did I get it? Yeah. And and so what because I didn't get it, they felt like I didn't hear them. So it had backfired. So asking you, did I get that right? Did I get that right? You used a situation that got kind of snarky with one of my sisters. And so (laughs) I learned. Always family. Family are our best teachers. (laughs) Family (laughs) are our best teachers. All right. (laughs) Well, we have covered the concepts of how do you use communication? How do you use conversation to build connections and community? You've given us some great, simple, usable steps and why it's so important to be curious, to ask open-ended questions, to take it in and give it back as this is what I understand about what you believe or where you're coming from and checking in to make sure we got it right.
1: Yeah. Again, it doesn't mean that you agree with their position. It's just that you have heard and understand that they have a different position than you do.
0: You've also shared a great resource. It sounds like that book, the No Asshole Rule, is, I think so. is going to really um, even just think, even have a conversation around the title. Yeah, would
1: I think build community? Um, Can you imagine that title coming out in the late '80s? Oh, like that was disruptive. Just the title itself coming out with that word in it was mm-hmm. disruptive it
0: was disruptive
1: and we like
0: things that are disruptive because i'm not a big fan of same old same old bending yeah. like on that yes status quo i believe that the greatest enemy to creating a community is to try to keep it static yeah. to try to keep it from changing
1: oh not in this world i'll tell you the world is changing so fast if you want to keep up with it you've got to change along with it so
0: so there we go. So in the interest of helping everyone listening to this podcast change their communications, improve their connections, and strengthen their communities. Brenda, thank you so very, very much for being a part of this today.
1: You are so welcome. It's, I always love our conversations. When we can share this with more with a wider audience, I believe that both of us have a great impact on people. And just this conversation, the way we held conversation Um, has a great impact so thank you for inviting me on to share the space with you
0: well you are very welcome and you know i will be having
1: you back
0: as as we have multitudes of topics this one though is the most critical in the moment i think right now
1: i agree with you so i will look forward to coming back and having another conversation with you sounds like fun to me sounds good (laughs) perfect Thank you, Brenda. Thank you so much. Bye now.
0: Thank you for turning on and turning up your positivity. We know that positivity is easier to maintain in a community. So we have one. Join our community on Facebook, Your Brain on Positive. If you've had an aha from the show, please head over to the community and share it. We love to celebrate wins.